Welcome to the Sugar Coated Dreams podcast. If you've ever daydreamed about running your very own baking business, then you're in the right place. I'm Lauren, the Cheerful Baker, and I'll be your guide on this delightful journey where sugar, passion, and entrepreneurship collide. In each episode, we'll chat with talented bakers, entrepreneurs, and cookie decorators who have transformed their passions into something truly magical. Whether you're a seasoned baker or just starting out, this podcast is for you. We'll uncover the secret behind successful baking businesses, share tips and tricks to help you level up your skills, and unravel the stories of those who've created thriving careers in the baking industry. Plus, I have an exciting announcement for all of our listeners. Introducing the Cheerful Box, a monthly subscription that brings joy and inspiration to your doorstep. Each box is carefully curated and filled with items to enhance your baking experience. Inside, you'll find a surprise collection of unique cookie cutters, clip art, and a stencil, plus an exclusive link to my online cookie decorating class. It's the perfect way to indulge your passion for baking and take your skills to new heights. So after you listen to this episode, be sure to check out the Cheerful Box. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to receive a monthly dose of baking magic delivered right to your door. Visit our website and subscribe today. Now grab your cup of coffee and let's get ready for this week's episode. Hello, Victoria. Thank you for joining me on the Sugar Coated Dreams podcast. Thank you all for watching or listening if you're listening. And Victoria and I have been friends for a long time. So I'm so excited that you are here. And I'm going to just let you preliminarily introduce yourself and then we'll get into the skinny about how you got started and everything. Hi, everybody. My name is Victoria Jones. I own and operate Little Penelope's Cookie Boutique in Keller, Texas, which is in the northern part of the Texas area, Dallas-Fort Worth area. And I have been four and a half years now into my cookie journey. So yeah, prior to cookies, I was a labor and delivery nurse for, I was a nurse total of 21 years, 19 years doing labor and delivery. I didn't realize you did it for that long. And that is yeah. a hard job. But then you get to see the babies. The very you first, get to see the you're babies. the first person that they see. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> so what inspired you to start cookie decorating? So after I had my last child, Penelope, I did not intend to not go back to work after I had her, but she was a hard baby and she was extra, as we say, she was extra. <laughs> and so I ended up not going back to work after I had her. Her first birthday came around and I wanted to order her some fancy cookies for her birthday. And there was one cookie lady that I had had her cookies before and they were really good because usually... I'd say, in my opinion, 90% of the time that I've had decorated cookies, they are the stereotypical hard, no flavor. Yeah. They look pretty, but they don't taste good cookies. Right. And so this lady had really good cookies. And so I reached out to her. She was not available. Background for all the cookie people, you will understand my daughter's birthday is November 2nd. So Halloween is right, right before <laughs> 
And so people are all doing their pre-sales for Halloween. They're not taking customer orders. And I didn't know this. And I started looking about a month in advance. So I feel like I wasn't last minuting and uh, reached out to several people, couldn't find anybody available. And then about less than a week before her birthday, there's a storefront I didn't even know existed near our home. We went to go eat breakfast. I found the storefront. They make cookies. I told her what I wanted. She said she could do them. I was super pumped, got them. They looked good. And eating them, though, was that disappointment yes (laughs) and so that whole thing I was like mesmerized by how these cookies looked and so that whole situation that was stressful for me as crazy as that sounds made me make up my mind right then and right there I am never dealing with that again I'm going to learn how to make cookies so that I can make my own cookies for my baby And so a month later, I'm in a cookie decorating class at the girl who has the good cookies Uh and no intention of having a business or anything, just totally for fun, totally just how is this made? Like I had no idea. I was a hundred percent clueless on anything to do with them. And so came home and was pretty much obsessed from the get go, started practicing and I would give all my practice cookies away. The first thing I started with was a recipe. It took me about three or four months to find a recipe that I liked, that was good, that the cookie was good. And then practicing the cookies, I would give them away because I don't really eat the cookies. And you can only eat so many. And so I would give them away. And from giving them away, the people that would get them, my neighbors, my husband's coworkers, friends, they were like, hey, we want to order cookies. And now we're into June and graduation time. So I had like six people want cookies and I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. One of those people was a coworker of my husband and he basically was like, you need to make these cookies for her because (laughs) it won't make me look good. So I was like, okay, fine. I'll make these cookies. And that's how it started. I was like, I'll make her cookies, but I'm charging her. And that order was 80 cookies. They were graduation. They were super basic, but it took me a solid week to decorate the 80 cookies. And I made the the beginner mistake of covering them about an hour after I flooded them because I was paranoid about them. And they all dried wavy. About half of them were because I made them in batches type of thing. But I had to give them to her because I didn't have time to make Uh more. But she was very gracious. She ordered from me several other times. and uh, But that's how it all got started. But literally, like, no intention whatsoever. None. <laughs> I remember the very first time I made cookies, I didn't know anything about color bleeding. And the color, I don't remember what they were, but whatever it was, the color, they looked perfect. But then I put them inside of something that they didn't have any airflow And I went and looked the next day and I'm like, what happened? What happened? It's amazing what you don't know, right? When you very first start. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So so that was, that was it. So one really awesome thing that I want to talk about is about the book that you wrote, because I was so impressed whenever I found that out. Tell everybody what the name of the book is. Okay. It's a long title and it's probably backwards, but, and this was my uh, demo copy. So it doesn't only have the gray line, but it's the complete cookier's guide to successful pre-sales. 
and how to plan market and profit from your decorated cookie business. I need to get your book. I have never been successful at pre-sales. I don't make that many cookies anymore, but when I did, I always tried to make do pre-sales and I, I never could do it. I, I didn't market it right. I never had anybody mm-hmm. order. Now I did tons and tons of decorated custom cookies. Tell us how you had the idea for the book, a little bit about the book, where we can find the book. <laughs> okay. I gear a lot of my business now online and having social media and making cookies and doing demos and tutorials. And I gear my business towards beginner cookiers. And the initiation of the book was me going back and thinking, what were the things that I was trying to get my hands on as a brand new cookie decorator? What were the things that I struggled with as a brand new cookie decorator? And so I made the first two online classes I created. One was how to make royal icing. And it's not just my royal icing recipe. It is step-by-step. Here is how you do it. Here's why we do what we do. Here's tips to prevent color bleed. Here's how to get soft bite royal icing. So all the tips and tricks in real time of making icing and achieving consistencies with visuals versus a toothpaste or, you know, a verbal description that for me means nothing. Right. Um, And then my second online class was a baking fundamentals class, which includes my sugar cookie recipe and all the tips and tricks of baking cookies that are soft, taste good, hold their shape and all the, you know, how to do that. And the reasoning, because I'm a big why girl, personally, if I Mm -hmm. understand the why's behind something, then I can do it. I can remember it. If I don't, then I'm lost. And so the book was my third thing. Because one of the first things that I wanted to know is how can I market myself? How do I find my clientele? How do I find my customers? What's the best way to get customers when you are starting from nowhere other than word of mouth, which obviously Mm -hmm. is how I did. And so I wanted to do a pre-sale guide. I had purchased pre-sale guides in the past and they were, you know, eight or nine PDF pages of very basic, not helpful information for Mm -hmm. me. It did not. There were some things that were, oh, okay. I never thought of that. But at the end of the day, it was not helpful for me. It didn't change really anything that I was doing. So I wanted to do it for me in my type of personality, what would work. I'm very detail oriented. I'm a type A person. And so I wanted to help out new people and experienced people such as yourself who are, who are like, I know how to make cookies. I have a thriving business, but how can I, you know, be better? How can I do it better? How can I market myself better? What are ways right. to do this? How do I price my cookies? Because, you know, we all hear all the things. Oh, charge your worth. Charge this. You should charge this. And so I basically go over, this book is so much more than just cookie pre-sales. It goes over marketing, different ways to market, using social media, using email campaigns, using your local, your localities, local churches, rec centers, all the ways that you can market that way. It talks about pre-sales. But it talks about pre-sales from a different perspective because 
in my mind, when I think pre-sale, just off the top of my head, I think holidays. Mm -hmm. So I researched what are different ways and also outside of the box thinking different ways to have a pre-sale or to host a pre-sale. It does not have to be just a holiday. Mm -hmm. Um, I used our mutual friend, Christine Badova's idea. She does subscription orders basically. Mm -hmm. So once a month, she has a new cookie box that she would do as a pre-sale. So people would, Hey, subscribe into this. And so that was a big part of her business. And so I used her idea in my book for a pre-sale. So you could have a subscription box of cookies. Once a month, I want to get cookies. The cookie decorator gets to pick and choose the theme. It's going to be a dozen cookies. This is the cost. This is what you get. Here's the day you pick up every month, blah, blah. Right. Um, it could be birthday. Like it could be kind of like when you go to the grocery store back in the day, or if people still, people still do this where you're looking through the book of cakes at the bakery, what birthday cake are you going to pick? You could have a pre-sale of that. Here's my uh, birthday cookies that I offer. You can get them in a six pack. This is it. You can get blue, pink, yellow, green, whatever, and have minimal customization for the date or a name type of thing. Mm -hmm. You can have various versions of pre-sales that aren't necessarily the holiday version. I've gone over in detail all those different things. I talk about planning a traditional pre-sale supplies, where to get supplies, how far in advance. I have a timeline, a pre-sale planner. I also sell a side addendum pre-sale planner on my website that goes Uh correlates with this. And then I talk a lot about how to price your cookies with different pricing strategies and explaining what they are, how you figure it out, how you figure out what's your cost, what should you be charging? Uh-huh. Um, because we all know, okay, like the most basic is I'm going to take out the cost of my ingredients, right? Right. Um, but how do you charge? How do you figure out, okay, well, this is what I want to make an hour. How do I make sure I get that without over like making my cookies so far outside the box, nobody will buy them. Type right. Of thing. So I talk about that. So this book really is a really, personally, I think it's a great book, a great handbook for those that are experienced in the cookie world, as well as if you're brand new to the cookie world and you get my book, I think you have hit the gold mine. Yes. It's, it's, it's a wide variety and array of information in this book that a lot of people don't really think about, especially as a brand new cookier. Right. I mean, that's great because... My hope in doing this podcast is that people who love baking, whether it's cookies, cakes, macarons, if you love baking, you love sugar, (laughs) and you might want to start your own business, how can you do that? And your book is a perfect way to do it because there's lots of places that you can go to find how to decorate cookies, but there aren't as many places to go to find what's in your book. Once you've decorated, how do you find your customers? How do you sell the cookies? You know, what are the different options? So that's wonderful. Yep. Thank you. Can you read it online as well? Okay. Yes. So I have it on Amazon. You can buy it on Amazon. It's printed to order, but Anytime I've ordered it, it's like 24 hour turnaround. It's super fast. Of course, there's yeah. an Amazon place like 15 minutes from my house. 
But so you can order it from Amazon if you actually want the physical book. If you want just the PDF, you can go and get that on my website. And it's a digital copy, you know, download it. You can print it that way. The PDF version is, I believe, 66 pages as compared to the book, which is like 115 pages. So it's uh-huh. less pages on the PDF because it was able to be a bigger size. Right. So, yeah, you can do both ways. What did you think, Victoria, when you got that book sent to your home the first time and you picked it up and you're like, I did this. I mean, when I wrote my book and I got the very first copy, (laughs) isn't it thrilling to hold it in your hand and know that you did that? Yes, it was exciting. And it was, it was funny. It took so long for the final editing that honestly, by the time I got the final copy, I was like, oh, thank God, I'm just ready to be done because (laughs) I had to re-edit it probably four times with putting it to the right measurements and everything. It was, it was a struggle bus a hundred percent, but yes, I'm, I'm super proud of it. And it's, it's always been a lifelong goal of mine to write a book. I didn't care what the book was, but I am a book collector. I love books. My whole entire house is filled with books. It's insane. Um, And so I always wanted to write a book. I just Uh didn't know what I would write it on. And so it was simple for me to like, how can I take my business to a a different direction with my, my goals, these long-term goals I've had, these lifelong goals and make them come true. And the great thing, the great thing is too, is I feel like I've got so much knowledge in this area that it it was not hard to write the book. Right. Once I, the hard part was getting the outline. What do I want to cover? I did have to do some research on like pricing strategies and things like that. But getting that outline done, once I had that done, it's like, okay, it's my roadmap and, you know, right. go after it. So, yes, yeah, really exciting. So explain to everybody if they don't know where the name of your business came from. Yes. So going back to Penelope and her first birthday and learning how to make cookies so that I never had to struggle bus on the birthday cookies ever again. The whole reason I was taking that class, the whole purpose of me wanting to learn these cookies was because of her. And the whole reason I had time to do it was because I was home taking care of her. So of course I had to name it after her. Yeah. So that's where it came from. Yes. She's the cutest little thing. (laughs) And so is she five now? She's five, five and a half. She'll be six in November. She just started kindergarten last week. I think that that juggling a successful cookie business, being a mom, being a wife, being a mom of a young child. Do you have any tips on how to manage all that? Because that is not easy. (laughs) Yeah, it's not easy. Fortunately for me, Cookies has really, even when I was heavy into taking orders, like I had weekly orders, I was very fortunate that I did not have to do it to make money. I wasn't living off of money from cookie decorating. So for me, I would take only one order a week at the most, unless it was like a one dozen order, which I do small orders because I've got ADD and I don't want to do five dozen of the same design that's boring to me um so but at most I would take like four dozen 
total cookies a week, unless it was like one big order. If it, there was, and I've had big orders, you know, 10 dozen, 12 dozen, but then I'm only taking that over a two week time because I'm over that two weeks managing myself. I'm baking the cookies, making the dough, putting those in a freezer, pulling out one design at a time, decorating it that night, pull out the next set of frozen cookies. So managing my time that way, because I don't have the capacity having a family and having a little kid to just sit down and decorate all these cookies all at one time. So to answer that question, I have to manage my time. Right. The majority of my decorating was done after bedtime uh, because she's also always has been extra as (laughs) as we like to call her and she wants undivided attention all the time. Um, So while she was awake, I could bake, I could make icing because that's something I didn't really have to focus on. So I would do those types of tasks while she was up. I would let her play with extra dough. You know, I have her little table next to me and I'd have her Play-Doh cutters and and give her a a ball of dough and a little rolling pin and you can play with this while mommy does this, you know, and it kept her busy. Yeah. So things like that. It's, It's hard. The other thing is I put her in Mother's Day out. So she went to Mother's Day out from the time she was one and a half. So during that time, I would make cookies. That was my work time, but it was also my freedom time, you know, get that little bit of break from her. Yeah. Uh, So that, that was the other thing is she was in Mother's Day out. She's a good little cookie decorator too. You've done a couple of videos of her and I think, my gosh, she's already, she already has some skills and she's five. (laughs) Yeah, she just, I think it's just from watching, you know, and watching, she loves to watch cookie decorating videos too. So she's like, ah, you know, and what's funny is like for other people, if you have small children, what I've discovered, and it makes perfect sense, but I would start off letting her try to outline her cookie and she would get so frustrated because she couldn't make it perfect because she's a perfect, she is a mini me, but extreme, like extreme. (laughs) And, uh, so what I do now is I'll outline her cookie just with all white icing and she goes and fills it in. And by me having the outline done for her, she makes it look like, I'm like, I'm mind blown. I'm like, how did you do this? But the trick is for children's success with cookie decorating is have that outline pre-done. Great. That's a good, good, good tip. You know, when Joshua was little, he's 17 now. When I first started cookie decorating, I guess he was nine, eight or nine. And he would come in and he would say, mom, do you want me to help you? Do you want me to help you? And man, I regret this. I would say, "It's a, I'm doing an order. Somebody's paying me for these cookies. And so, I, you know, I wouldn't let him help me. And I think, man, why didn't I just make some extra cookies and say, you sit right here and you decorate these. But, you know, you think of those things after the fact, but not you, you're thinking about them during the fact. So that's, that's great. Yeah. And- I had to keep her, I had to keep her busy, Lauren. I mean, it's like, <laughs> wow, okay, here, take it. You know, it's like, yes. Cause you know, kids are fascinated by it. It's they sugar. are. It's pretty, they're pretty colors, you know, it's cookies and you get to eat your treat. You get to eat your art afterwards. I know. So, and you yeah. get to eat the icing right as you're going. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So let's talk a little bit about social media because you have a booming Uh Instagram account. So how long have you been doing Instagram and how did you become so good at it? And do you have any tips? Well, I know you have lots of tips because another really cool thing is that you taught a core classic cookie con 
on social media, but you want to talk just yes. a little bit about social media? Oh, social media. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's so insane, Lauren. I started, I had never, ever, ever been on Instagram until Penelope was born. And so I started a personal account just to once a month, put a picture. I'm a very private person in my mm -hmm. personal life. So I'm not one of those people on Facebook and Instagram constantly posting. So I started a personal Instagram where I would put her monthly photo of now we're a new month on right. Instagram. And I mainly did that for my coworkers. And so with the cookie business, right when I, I think I opened I'd have to look. I think I opened my Instagram like in August, maybe uh -huh. July or August with my cookies. And I had no idea how to use that, that platform at all. It, I would go, I figured it out by going and looking at other cookie pages and, Oh, this is what you're supposed to write. And, oh, you're supposed to make a picture like this, you know? And from there, the probably 2019, in 2019, like in, no, this was, okay, I'm trying to think, this is like 2020, we went to Louisville for Cookie Con. Uh -huh. So that was February, probably January, I joined a, I think it was by Shalene Johnson. She's still around on Instagram. One of her. It's the Hub Club. Yeah, it, it wasn't that, but it was like an Instagram challenge, like a 30-day okay. challenge type of thing. And it may not be her. I might totally be wrong, but it was a 30-day Instagram challenge. I signed up for that. And that's really where I learned, okay, here's what hashtags are about. Here's how to do yeah. this. Here's how to. And so I went from, I had like 150 followers in February to by that May, I had 5,000. Wow. So using her tips is really how I got started. And then of course there was Aaron with his lives on Instagram every day. Mm -hmm. um, and I would follow those and I learned a lot from that as well. But the primary thing is just being, there's two things. There's two main things that, that lend for success on Instagram. Three things. We'll say three good lighting being consistent, posting every day around the same time every day and interacting with your comments, engaging, engaging with the people who comment on your posts, as well as people who aren't commenting on your posts, either you follow them or you don't follow them. Mm -hmm. If you are, are consistent with those three things and doing them on a consistent basis, you will grow on Instagram. My page has been in the same realm of follower ratio for about a year now. Mm -hmm. I maxed out at a hundred, almost 152,000 followers after going viral, which is not a good thing. You see all these posts on Instagram. Let's go viral. Let's go viral. Blah, blah. It's the worst thing that can happen to your account because after you blow up and you go viral, then you go into this process of losing bot followers. And it's miserable yeah. because it's a really mind blow because you're still doing all this work and really putting forth more effort because you're trying to grow and now you're more experienced and you're losing followers. So it's really, it's a blow to the self-esteem. It makes it you is. not want to do it. It makes it not fun anymore. Right. But I, I 
basically went down to 145,000 followers from almost 152 within about a three month time frame. Mm-hmm. And then last Christmas, because Christmas is always good for cookiers, always, always good. I started growing back from that 145. I hit 148 and then I dropped back down after Christmas for a while. And right now I'm about 80 people shy to be 149. Mm-hmm. So I am the last, essentially after Christmas, I started losing again. And then starting March, April, I'm slowly, you know, it's the up down thing, but more on a steady trajectory. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so again, you just have to be consistent. You have to, you know, be putting out good content. You also have to keep up with what's working on Instagram right now, because that's an ever changing target. And it can be frustrating. But why is it important? I get this question all the time. Why do you care? It's it doesn't really matter how many followers you have. And the answer to that is no, it does not matter how many followers you have. But why do I care is because my business primarily now is online sales, right? I'm putting out online cookie decorating classes, I'm putting out royal icing templates, I've got a new recipe I'm supposed to put out today. So it's very important for me to keep up my presence and keep with the flow and not let the mentality of I'm losing followers get to me. Because I know also that the loss of followers, 90% of them are bots, right? You know, or they're people that don't follow cookies. I don't know why they followed me in the first place type of thing. So that's why it's important. That's why I keep up with it. That's why I still engage on everybody's accounts. Plus you build the fun thing about it is that you build relationships like you and I met through social media. Yes. Funny and ironic to me is that we were both at cookie con Louisville, but I never met you there. I never saw you there. We met completely different. And so it's, it's also good for community, for building having a camaraderie, having like-minded people that you're bouncing ideas off of. My best friends in my adult life are cookie people. Right. Yeah. I worked forever and a day, but let me tell you what, once you leave that atmosphere and my job was a 45 minute drive from where I live. So none of my coworkers live near me. We have all lost touch, you know, every once in a while, like once a year, I'll see my best friend from work, you know, type of thing. But as an adult, it's hard to keep up relationships because you have your family, you have, you know, everything else going on. And so surprising in a great way was the relationships I built through social media, which is mind blowing in my old lady brain right. that that would even happen. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, so it's, it's also, it is a lot of fun, but I have to even ground myself back in and say, you know what? It's been two weeks straight of nothing but losses. And this is some of the best content I've been putting out. You have to take that out of your mind that we all, we say you have to have good content. You have to have good lighting. You have to have a hook. You have to have this. You have to have, you know, all the things you have to have. And you can have all those things and be super proud of what you're posting on social media. And it go absolutely nowhere, which then turns into this negative self-talk and, uh, you know, right. But it's a computer. It's right. a computer. The computer isn't judging what I'm doing necessarily. Who right. knows? Some of my worst content is what went viral. It's content that I reposted from the year before that did okay the year before. In fact, the majority of when I was blowing up was reposted old content. So right. me too. There, you know, there's there's no rhyme or reason. And so I have to remind myself of that. And you know what? 
my sales are great. My business is thriving. I'm making money and I'm making money not by doing a whole bunch of custom orders anymore. Do I still do custom orders? I do. I do them. I do them when I want to do them. Right. I do them when it's a theme that I really want. Or if I need content, because a lot of my social media is just content cookies. So when I'm like out of ideas, I've got some lady, I just did an order last week who wanted fairies. And I was like, okay, yeah, that'll be fun. I want to do it. That'll make great content, you know? So I still take orders, but I don't have that. I'm fortunate that I don't have to take orders because it it can be stressful for me. You know, right. I want it to stay fun. I want it to stay fresh. I want it to keep my creative juices going. Yeah. And it's so right. interesting, Victoria, when you said I, I have ADHD because almost everybody that I've interviewed, we think that that might be a prerequisite to being a cookie decorator, yes. <laughs> having ADHD. And one thing that I love also is I remember when you were frustrated about Instagram, you took a break. And I think that the, that, that is important for people to realize that it's okay to do that when you're frustrated. People, I think the perception is, oh, you can't take a break. You got to constantly post. You can't. It, it's okay to take a break if you're frustrated or you have something going on in your life. Sometimes it gives you fresh perspective, right? Right. Yeah. It's, you need a break because social media is work. It, if you are on there every day posting, that is a full-time job. It truly is. Um, and like I'm on YouTube, I'm on Facebook. Now I've started posting separately to Facebook and I'm also on Instagram. So there's three platforms that I am posting on that I go back but you know what? YouTube just reached out to me last week and they want to pay me $2,500 for the rights of one of my cookie videos that I still get to keep the rights to, but I'm releasing the copyright to them so that they can use it in marketing and advertising. And this is what makes it worth it. This is why I do it because eventually you're going to get your recognition. And, and you know what cookie it is, Lauren? It's my what? smiley face cookie. The smiley face. Is and that so, right? You just never know, you know, right. and I beat myself up because I'm like, I'm not posting all these advanced cookies. I'm not right. doing all these insane techniques and details. And I have, and I can, but what I've learned is that with my Instagram account, those go nowhere. You right. Know, if I'm painting on a cookie. It gets nothing. It gets no reach. It gets no nothing. And what does push out for me are super simple, basic cookies. And here is a blue smiley face cookie that I'm t talking about that this is the first time I've ever decorated a smiley face cookie, which was the truth. I have never done it and why I had never done it. And here it is. And it wasn't as scary as I thought it would be. And so that video on YouTube is what it stood out to the YouTube people and huh. Google, Google people. Right. Know. So it is worth it. You know, you just have to have that perspective. You, you have, like I said, you have to ground yourself, you know, and ground that mindset and just know why am I doing this? What, what are my end goals? What's the purpose? Right. And I have to reframe that. Yes. You know, sometimes. Yes. But, but yes, social media is, it's a full-time job. 
I think what you have to do too, Victoria, is you keep those emails or those DMs that you get from people telling you how your post or your business has helped them. And then you're like, oh, I've helped one person. I'm going to post another video. Yes, yes, it, it does. It's that positive feedback. Positive feedback drives everybody. And that's, that's absolutely right. I've had people email me about my classes or about my book, you know, thank you so much. I never, you brought up things that I have never even thought about and it's so mm-hmm. helpful and I learned so much and it's like, okay, because of your one email to me, that was worth it. It was yes. worth it because I am somebody who is a giver. I love to give advice. I love to help people. I'm not gatekeeping any cookie secrets over here, you know, I like to help. I love to see other people succeed, right? To get that kind of an email response or that kind of message in a DM. It's it's like, okay, it was worth it, you know? Right. So if you could give some advice to a new cookie decorator who just started, but really would like to turn this into a business, what advice would you give to them? I would say that you should invest in yourself. I think that you should take classes. I think that you should take in-person classes if you can find them because they are way vastly different than an online class. Mm -hmm. I think you should go to CookieCon and meet your people uh, because that is, CookieCon is, it's addictive. You know, like I had not planned on going to Orlando because I just went to Dallas or not Dallas, Ohio, just went to Dallas and they were so close together, but it fills my cup to get around my people. Right. I know how I'm taking three classes. One of them's color theory. So that will be completely new to me. I mean, I know basic color theory, but it'll be a totally new class. But the other two classes I'm taking, I don't need to take those classes, but I want to uh, because even though I may know how to do a certain technique that's being taught in a class, I'm going to learn it from a different perspective. I'm going to see a different way to do it that may not be my way and it might make it so much easier than what my way would be. So even if you know how to decorate cookies, if you see a class that that's got some technique that you're like, oh, I see, I know how, like, you know, with experience, you can pick out techniques and go, oh, I know how she did that. Yes. But even though you might know that, take the class if it looks interesting to you, because yes. you will learn a different method to the madness or a different perspective of how to take that class. You might meet your best friend sitting next to you in the class. Yes. So I would say get involved practice, practice, practice. You have to practice and do what you love. If you are like me and you deplore character cookies, don't <laughs> take those orders, you know, don't. It's take okay them. to say no, right? If you hate soccer balls, <laughs> don't take the soccer ball order. It's okay right. because in line and it may not be right that minute, but there will be the next order that comes along that yes. you will like. So that's the other thing. I know so many people that just take everything that comes in and they start hating what they're doing and they get burnt out. Just don't do it because you will find that order that you want to do. And if you don't find that order that you want to do, then do a pre-sale or right. do when the local women's chamber gets together and does their annual gala. Sign up, have a booth, sell what you want to sell in in those cookies. 
whatever you don't sell at that booth, bring them back home, put them on Facebook as a flash sale. I mean, that's what I do. And I've never had any issues getting rid of extra cookies that I have. So, so that's a great way to practice and do what you like and figure out what your own style is, because we all have our own style. You know, we all, I, again, these are my opinions, right? But for me, you start out with, here's the cute cookie cutters. Here's how they're designed. Here's how they've colored them in the picture. I'm going to make my cookie look just like that because that's what I know to do. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. But with time and practice, you figure out, you know what? I like muted colors and I like boho style. So this is going to be my style. Or for right. me, I like bright, bold vibrant colors that remind me of when I was a kid, if I saw rainbows or unicorns or things like that, like I was like, I, I was in love with this type of stuff, you know? And so you figure out what your own style is and then you do that and you enjoy it and you don't get burnt out, you know? Right. And you don't compare yourself. You don't compare yourself to other people because I like the same type of cookie designs that you do, you know, bright, sort of childlike honestly and sometimes I'll see these cookie decorators online and they do these I mean incredible detailed textured and I think oh I want to be like that but that's not my style and I wouldn't be happy doing that I like doing what I'm doing but I think it takes you a little bit of time to be comfortable in your own style and not feel like you need to compare yourself to everyone else Exactly. Exactly. And it takes you, it takes you experience to realize that certain cookie designs or certain techniques that you learn or see that are very cool are just not realistic for cookie orders because it takes so long to make one cookie to do that. But you can take that and utilize it on a smaller scale for a cookie design. Right. You know, where you're not having to do all the detail, 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 but okay, well, I can take this one part and now I know how to work with the icing in this way and apply it in this way where yeah. it still looks cool. It still looks different, you know, and, and that just takes experience and, you know, being comfortable with what you're doing as well. Right. You ready for the speed round? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a favorite cookbook? I like. Oh my gosh, girl. I, it's been forever since I cooked. I do love, <laughs> I, I have like a cookbook collection. I love cookbook, but I don't cook anymore. Like I cooked yesterday and it was awful. We threw the whole thing away, <laughs> but I like I the test much either kitchen, anymore either. America's test kitchen, their cookbook. And they have magazines that are their cookbook magazines basically, uh-huh. but they're, they're not like a magazine. They're more like 20 recipes, but America's Test Kitchen. And you know what's crazy? Going back to what I told you ahead earlier, I'm a why girl. And the America's Test Kitchen books say, okay, here's how to make a steak. We tried it A, B, C, and D way. And here's what worked the best to get this result. And here's why it worked. And here's why you should do it this way. And so they explain the hows and the whys of everything, of, of different ways to cook. And then, of course, it's got your recipes in there, but they explain it, you know? So I would America's enjoy that. So if you could make cookies for anybody living or deceased, who would you make cookies for? Growing up, I loved musicals and I was infatuated with Julie Andrews. 
So oh. if I could make Julie Andrews like a set of cookies for all the movies she ever did, I would do that. I just saw her, an interview with her on TV and she was talking about filming the The Sound of Music and how there was a helicopter overhead and she felt like she was going to be blown away. She is so talented and so graceful. I don't know if that's the right word for it, but she classy. She's classy. Yes. Yes. And her (laughs) voice, I mean, her voice is just, it's the, it's the most beautiful voice to me. It is. Yeah. Well, you need to make her some, make some cookies, put them out on there on Instagram. You never know. She might just see them. <laughs> well, thank sweet. you for coming on with me today. You, you are delightful in person. If everybody could meet you, they would love you. And you give great advice to cookiers and you're, you are such a help to, to people in the cookie community. So I've loved talking to you and I'll look thank forward you, to seeing Lauren. you soon. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And you're welcome. Um, and I'm super excited to squeeze your neck in Orlando. Yay! Me too. Me too. <laughs> so I'll see you soon. Okay. Okay. Bye. bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Sugar Coated Dreams podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed today's chat and don't want to miss out on future episodes, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform. We release new episodes every Thursday. If you enjoyed the episode, please take a moment to rate and review it. It would mean so much to us. And remember to check out the Cheerful Box. It's the perfect companion to help you unlock your creativity and help make your baking dreams come true. You can find it at www.cheerfulcutters.com. So until next time, keep dreaming big and never underestimate the power of a little sugar and a whole lot of passion. I'm Lauren Jacobs, and this is the Sugar Coated Dreams Podcast.